0: We're gathered here uh, this morning just to continue our series about becoming and it is about becoming the person becoming the person that God intended us to be and to become more like Jesus himself and uh, we're on to uh, the subject which I've referenced many times over the last number of weeks it's the uh, practice. Uh, which I'm sure you're all enthralled and willing to get stuck into. It's silence and solitude. Let's do that again. So we're going to be talking this morning about silence and solitude. We're going to be talking about silence and solitude this morning. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Uh, And like me, many of you are a bit like... Oh, what's all that about? I, what I would like to do, and with the help of uh, Steve Summerall, who was the guy that uh, wrote a lot of this material, which I've listened to and have since attempted to practice. I would hardly say I'm a Jedi on this. Um, that's really wrong, isn't it? A, a master in this. I'm a Padawan. I'm uh, starting out on this practice of silence and solitude, something that I have been practicing and finding relationship with God through it. I want to share biblically from the practice that Jesus showed and demonstrated and then talk a little bit about it and then like we do and have been doing over the last number of weeks is allocate some time towards actually practicing it. Is that okay? Good. All right, but you can't see me now. What's more important? The screen's more important. (laughs) Whoa. Just get on with it. Stick to the notes. We begin uh, at the start, after Jesus is baptized. Immediately after he is baptized, we read the following. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan And was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of it, he was hungry. This passage has sometimes baffled me. Like, with my vineyard hat on, I'm thinking, flip me, you know, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, When there's an impartation of the Holy Spirit and you receive that and for many of you you know what I'm talking about and some of you are yet still to experience something like what I've just described but when the Holy Spirit comes upon you one of the reasons he comes upon you is he empowers you to be sent out to be sent out and to actually minister in the power and the presence of Jesus but Jesus doesn't do this he's filled with the Holy Spirit at baptism and he's led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness where for 40 days he is on his own. Solitude, complete solitude. And I've often wondered, why did you do that? Why don't you just go out and start doing the stuff? Why don't you start getting your hands on people and, and touching people's eyes and uh, ridding people of leprosy and all the wonderful things that obviously Jesus went on and did and demonstrated the kingdom. Why for 40 days... Does he have this retreat immediately afterwards? And we don't exactly know why, but we can speculate and we can begin to think. He has spent 40 days deliberately out with the Father, where he's having relationship with the Father, full of the Holy Spirit. In that time, because later Jesus demonstrates and he says those things, I only do what the Father is doing. I only do what he says to do. And in that period of time, Jesus, in silence and solitude, with the Father, spends that time with him. Move on to the second example where we see this. After Jesus has spent some time teaching and healing in Capernaum, we read this. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up. He left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they, ex- they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so that I can preach there also. That is why I have come. And so he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. It's important to note, first of all, that Jesus has gone to this solitary place after a period of teaching, preaching, and healing. And because Jesus was both fully God, he was also fully human. And therefore, like us as humans, required time out after a busy period. Christmas is a mad period for a lot of people. And sometimes, actually, it's very difficult to do the very thing that I'm talking about this morning, which is to stop and to be by ourselves and to reflect and spend time with the meaning for the season. Because in the hustle and the bustle and the busyness of our lives, that's what happens. And so it's important that we note in this particular passage, Jesus is coming off the back of a busy ministry trip and he's probably feeling tired, and he needs time to recharge and spend time with the Father. The important thing uh, also to note here is that after he has spent this time in uh, solitude with the Father, that a change of approach takes place. They've been in this particular town, Capernaum, and on coming back down, or coming away from this time of solitude, he says this, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so that I can preach there also. We can therefore assume in the time of solitude and silence that Jesus has spent with the Father, that the Father whispers things, speaks to him, and gives him direction in our lives. For many of us, through the course of our lives, our lives take different turns. We come to junctions in our lives. Sometimes things come um, from left field and we didn't expect it to happen. And if you're like me, very often we try and figure it all out by ourselves. We try and work it out. And we go and we have conversations with other people. and We talk about it, which is important. I'm not saying those things aren't. But the first place should be just to come before the Father, present it before the Father, say, Lord, what are you saying to me? Where are you leading me? And Jesus' ministry, Jesus' life is marked by these very moments. He only does what he sees the Father doing. Here's another example of just that. One of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray. And spent the night praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them whom he also designated apostles. Again, we see here in this passage, his return, Jesus' return from spending time in silence and solitude with the Father. He comes back down from this period, this time out, and it's at that moment that he chooses and selects the disciples you would think it was a very important decision or decisions to make. It wasn't the case of, oh, here's a whole load of guys, and, oh, you'll do, and you'll do, and you look like you could be, you know. He went before the Father. He spent time in His presence, seeking His face, leaning in. What do you think? And on coming back down, He selects and chooses His twelve. Jesus not only practiced this by himself and modeled this himself, but he also tried to teach the disciples the same thing. We read in Luke 9, when the apostles returned, they reported to Jesus what they had done. Then he took them with him and they withdrew by themselves to a town called Bethsaida. But the crowds learned about it and followed them. He welcomed them, spoke to them about the kingdom, and healed those uh, who needed healing. The disciples have gone on their first ministry trip. They've gone because Jesus did. Uh, He did the miracles. He spoke about the miracles. He spoke about the kingdom. He trained his disciples. He equipped them. And I love the passage where he sends them out. He goes, Go into the nearby villages and go and do the things that I have been doing. And he trained them up and he sent them out. And they've come back and they're buzzing. They've had an incredible encounter. Even the demons flee in your name. And they're reporting all the wonderful things that God had done through them. And Jesus says to them, that's great guys, come with me. Let's withdraw away from the people, away from the crowds. Why? Because it's important that we spend time alone, just ourselves and God and then lastly a fifth example towards the end of Jesus ministry or his time before the cross they've shared in the Passover meal or what we also have known as the last supper together they withdraw from where they've been in the city they cross through the valley They come up a slight hillside to a a solitary place called the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus went with his disciples to this place, to Gethsemane. He says to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He takes Peter and James and John, the two sons of Zebedee, along with him. And he began to be sorrowful and troubled. And then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death stay here and keep watch with me and many of you will know the rest of the passage in this time jesus moments hours before his arrest and then ensuing death jesus spends those moments knowing what's coming he spends it deliberately with the father he does pray so it's not complete silence His prayer is one of, take this cup from me, but if it's your will, I'm going to be obedient. I can't begin to imagine how awful that was, how terrible it felt, but in that place of silence and solitude, we can be assured that Jesus received comfort from the Father in his presence. Many of us facing difficult circumstances, situations, as we approach Christmas, for some of us, I say this every year, it is a difficult time. It is a challenging time. But in the midst of the pain, in the midst of the sorrow, in the midst of hardship and grief, there is a place, there is a way as we deliberately draw near by ourselves to a loving Father and spend time in his presence, that he will draw near and he will comfort us in our sorrow. To summarize the biblical context before we talk about a few practicalities and a few things, it's really clear, isn't it, from Jesus' life, these are five occasions and they're they're the only ones that are documented we can assume that there were many other times when Jesus did this the one thing I haven't highlighted is I don't really like the bit where it was very early in the morning and the bit about going through the night and it's not that we have to do that unless we're really spiritual that's just a joke but it's really clear from Jesus' life that this was something that he practiced, and we would be kidding ourselves and fooling ourselves that we wouldn't benefit if we were to practice and do this stuff ourselves. So that's just a little bit of biblical framework and context for us. Um, A couple of quotes. Uh, Without solitude, it is virtually impossible to live a spiritual life There is nothing magical about solitude that makes God suddenly appear. God is everywhere, all the time. It's just that most of the time, we're so busy with everything else that we don't notice. But by practicing the discipline of solitude, we are creating a space in our lives where God can be with us. There's nothing magical about this. It's not like the Holy Grail of practices, but it is a wonderful practice where we can draw near to Him. So very briefly, solitude is quite obvious, but it's choosing to withdraw from human contact and human interaction. It is the discipline of voluntary and temporarily removing ourselves to a place. It could be A certain room in the house could be the attic, could be the garage, it could be the garden shed, or the guest house, or the beach, or the desert, or the forest, or the mountain, or the seaside, or a number of different places, but a place. And it can vary as well, let's not get religious, it doesn't have to be the same place. But for lots of folks, there will be a familiar place. The practice of solitude involves scheduling enough uninterrupted time in a distraction-free environment where you can experience isolation and that aloneness with God. In practicing solitude, we're disconnecting deliberately from our habit of being joined to people and I would add tablets and smartphones. And in that place of solitude, we practice silence. The practice of attending and listening to God, expectant to hear from Him, but again, not that that is always a guaranteed. The practice of silence frees us from distracting noise that surrounds our life the whole time. As we begin to start out, for some of us, It will be a case of rest and do nothing. For some of us, uh, maybe taking a nap or taking a bit of a sleep could be the most spiritual thing that you could do. As we begin to engage with silence and solitude, God uses these practices to reestablish his grace in our lives. We uh, will begin to kind of experience potentially nagging voices, an inner sense of loneliness. We might be confronted with our deepest inner thoughts and fears and whatever it might be. But it's important that we put that aside and push through. Um, I think it was two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, uh, myself and a friend were about to embark on, a, on a, an overnight of silence and solitude. I know some of you are thinking you're with a friend. How's that solitude? Uh, I, I was breaking myself in gently. <laughs> I'm being honest with you. Five minutes on my own when you're an extrovert's pretty flipping tough. Uh, uh, that arrangement fell through uh, due to uh, the place where we're meant to be staying wasn't available. So I decided... I'm going to take the morning out you go to work there and I'll go to work at home because I get paid to be holy and just be with Jesus it's part of the benefits and I thought I'm going to spend time here alone 9 till 12 and I tell you come half 10 I was just gone Climb in the walls, someone ring me, someone knock on the door, please. And, and I'm being honest with you, I, it, was, it was a real challenge and to begin with, it was a case of all these other things in my head, whirring around, all these other things you, you kind of feel like you need to attend to and it really became a discipline of just shutting that stuff down and leaving that stuff to the side. And then trying to enter into a place where I'm saying, God, I am an empty vessel here. Come, speak, reveal yourself. I surrender. I surrender. I surrender. And I'm choosing to abide in Him. Some of the benefits that we can gain from doing this, it simply is slowing down and simply being. We're meant to be human beings, not human doings. It's important that we take time just to be. Making space to hear God's voice, positioning yourself before the Lord, just listening. In that place and that time, we allow the opportunity for spiritual, emotional, and physical restoration that we might experience a deep sense of peace. It gives opportunity for us to grow in our personal intimacy with Jesus. That we bypass any sense of facade of, but actually a a growing, deepening, real, tangible relationship with him. In and through it, we'll grow in the knowledge of who he is and we'll also grow in the knowledge of who we are because you can bet your bottom dollar he will reveal things to us about ourselves in a really loving, gentle way. As we practice this, it will increase our desire for God As we practice this, we will learn to control our own tongue and our own speech. We will be much more guarded about what comes out of our mouths and much more in control. And as we do this, as we practice this, we are intentionally allowing God the opportunity to have access to all areas of our lives. I realize that as I'm speaking, again, it's not one of those ones where there's lots of laughter in the room and not that it's about entertainment, by the way. But this is something that's real deep and really meaningful. I would anticipate as you're listening and you're receiving, there's a sense of I agree with what I'm saying or certainly most of what I'm saying. But there's still just that that sort of slight fear of entering in. And I would just encourage you just to taste and see. Just have a go. And so what I would like to do in the time that we have is just do that. We have, we've done this a number of weeks ago and we're gonna do something very similar. And, it, and I realize it's not solitude because there's lots of us here, but just imagine you're here on your own. And so I'm going to take, um, take about three or four minutes. That's the allocated time so that we know. And just begin by just readying yourself, which means posture yourselves in a physical way on that nice plastic chair in a comfortable manner. If it helps to close your eyes, go ahead and do that. And park your stuff, which means just lay aside other whirring noises, voices, thoughts. Entrust them now. To the Lord, lay that aside. And a very simple prayer that says to the Father, here's the prayer. Here I am.